Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Campus Tour podcast. We have a great show on hand for everyone. We have pass-fail per usual. We have an interview with one of the best running backs in D2, Justin Felder, and then we wrap up with student advisors. Uh, We are going to start off with pass-fail, as we always do. Brad, me or you first? I'll go first this week. Okay. So so you don't take mine this time. Um, (laughs) Smart. All right. Pass for me was Auburn. Auburn was able to get the the job done on the road here um, last week. They beat number 17, Arkansas. Um, Came away with the upset, winning 38 to 23. It was a great bounce back for for them um, after losing to Georgia the previous week, 34 to 10. Bo Nix. He's pretty good. He was 21 for 26. He had 292 passing yards, threw for two touchdowns, had one on the ground. Um, This was even more impressive as Arkansas had more total yards, um, more possession, and nearly 100 more yards through the ground. Credit to Auburn for getting the job done here. Yeah, I feel like Arkansas is starting to crumble a little bit. And all the the praise that was getting put on Sam Pittman might have I might have gone to his fat head a little bit, <laughs> but I mean, shout out, shout out to good Bo Nix. When you, when he arrives, it's, it's fun to watch. It is. And it then is. it's also very fun to watch bad Bo Nix too. Cause it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He, he was pretty good in that one. I liked watching him rebound after, I mean, he got benched whatever three or four weeks ago and now he's been yep. playing probably as good of football as he has played all, uh, all his career. So. Good for Bo Nix. Yep. Yep. I am going to go with Oklahoma State for my pass. Okay. Uh, I still really don't know how I feel about them, to be quite honest. Like, I know they're going to get tripped up at some point. I feel like they are because they keep. We'll flirt- talk about them. We'll talk about them later in the pod. Um, I'll, I'll talk about them later in the pod. I think they could get tripped up um, this, this upcoming week. They're at Iowa State, right? They are. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, well, it could be this week, but I mean, they've definitely been flirting with with death, but uh, they're, they're definitely going under the radar. They got the win against Texas this week. Texas was ba- they were basically driving to go 24 to three against Oklahoma State, and then they threw an 85 yard pick six to Oklahoma State, basically just let them back into the game. Ever since then, it was a 22 to seven run, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So completely different game after that. Uh, this is a different like Oklahoma state team too. like, they love running the ball, which I guess may have started with, uh, Hubbard, but I mean, they let Jalen Warren, Warren, he, he went for 193 transfer out of U- Utah state. No one really saw him, uh, kind of taking the ropes this year for them, but 
he's been doing a lot, especially Spencer Sanders has been kind of a letdown after the past couple of years. We thought he was going to be pretty good. And ever since he had those expectations, things went down for him. I guess he doesn't have a, a kind of go-to wide receiver like he has in the past. So that's going against him, but their offense needs to be more one dimensional coming from a fan who watches Wisconsin Badger football. So that's my two cents on Oklahoma state's offense, but they still get the pass because they won and they're going under the radar. Yep. Definitely agree there. Yep. Should be an interesting game this week. All right. Fail for my fail. I have Florida. So number 20 Florida Gators came in the game as 12 point favorites against LSU 12 point favorites ended up getting upset 49 to 42 Florida could just not take care of the ball. Anthony Richardson, he threw two picks. Emory Jones, he also threw two picks. Gators also fumbled the ball twice. Florida was down seven with three minutes left um, in the game. They had a chance to tie it. Instead, Anthony Richardson threw one of his picks at this point. Um, give credit, though, to LSU, especially um, the running back, uh, Terrian Davis-Price. He had 287 rushing yards and three touchdowns that carried the Tigers to the upset. Yeah, their rushing had, like, the weeks before had been terrible. Like, probably yes, the worst part about their worst. offense, and it just popped off like crazy. I mean, I think Florida, Florida, you got to – Anthony Richardson definitely – he, he looked better than Emory Jones. I felt like it was very clear he was better. I, I don't know if they still would have won the game if he had started, but I just think you give yourself a better chance to win if you go with Anthony Richardson. So I, I, don't know, I think it's time for them to make the change. He also kind of made some – well, he backtracked the comments, but he kind of made some comments in the press too a little bit about, well, right now I'm a Gator. <laughs> like, Oh, really? I don't know if I heard that. They, they said, they asked him something about the fans worrying about him transferring and like, he had kind of a longer statement. And then like near the end was like, but I'm a gay, like I'm a Gator like right now. (laughs) So that's what I'm worrying about, which could be taken either way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People are gonna, you know, take that in different contexts and maybe he was trying to go there but yeah you never know he's maybe just focusing on the moment but I, I could see you know as a Gator fan you know having a little bit concerned with that I wonder what I wonder if there's ever a coach who got fired for beating a top 15 team in the country <laughs> that's basically what just happened to coach o. <laughs> crazy it was a build-up of everything apparently he's like bringing girlfriends onto the field and stuff too which is kind of incredible <laughs> someone someone let the we're talking about sam Pittman letting it go to his head i think coach will let the national championship go to his head which definitely can't take it away from him he's gonna have it forever remember odell too when they won yeah handing out cash handing out cash to the players it's like come on (laughs) it was fake money don't worry (laughs) my fail this week I know where this is going. Oh, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. We told you. We told you, Iowa. <laughs> the offense finally caught up to him. I mean, we yeah. all knew we all knew it was coming. Spencer Petras, he's not a very capable quarterback when he doesn't get to get the ball at the 50-yard line and he has to throw it like 30 times a game because his defense gives up a couple scores. Um, I don't know. 
it's fun to watch. I had a, I had a great time watching it. And I, I even had bet Iowa to cover the spread. That's how much I enjoyed it, too, is I lost money, and that was still my favorite game to watch this, this week. That was actually a win-win for you. I think you even pointed this out. You I said that. Yeah. Won some cash, or, you know, you got to see Iowa lose. Right, so, which, yeah. I mean. Can't go wrong there. <laughs> I was thinking today, I had a long drive, so I was just doing a lot of thinking. And I was like, Iowa is Wisconsin, but with the turnovers this year. Like, Wisconsin yes. gets zero turnovers which screw themselves and they always have have to drive with an offense. that's not very capable. Iowa gets turnovers and then they can start at like the 50 and score from there. Yeah. Both offenses are terrible. That game in two weeks is going to be terrible, but hilarious and fun to, well, I'm going to have to listen to it on the radio, but fun for, I imagine everyone to watch it. And I can't wait to see all the Twitter. This game sucks and all that crap. But anyway, shout out Purdue. I did say, on the podcast, I said, I don't know how Purdue is going to win or even cover. I think I even said cover. They only have David Bell and George Karloftis, Carl- which those were the two guys who basically went off for Purdue. David Bell had 11 catches for 240 yards. Like, that is insane. You, He's Pretty one of those good. guys, like, you could put two guys on him. You can just still find ways to get him the ball. He'll just pop one. It's It's insane. So, shout out David Bell. Shout out Purdue. I love you. Badgers control their own destiny. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Badgers like that. control their own destiny. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Briefly on this. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone saw, you know, <laughs> Purdue winning, let alone winning 24 to seven. And yeah, Spencer Petrus. I mean, we've talked about, you know, we, we thought the offense was kind of problematic, but I mean, he, he did not look good at all in that game. I think he threw four picks. So, yeah, I mean, yep. credit to Purdue, and yeah, we'll see what can happen this week. Hopefully the Badgers can get get the W, so yeah. we'll see. I did love people uh, making excuses for Spencer Petras. Ah, oh, he had to force the ball at the end. Well, yeah, so did Graham Mertz in Notre Dame, but everyone just blamed it on him. No it's like, yeah, there, yeah, when you have to throw the ball and the defense knows you're going to throw the ball, that's kind of what happens. Like, it sucks. I don't blame Spencer Petrus for those interceptions either. Like you, you have to make those throws. So what are you going to yeah. do? And, and I get, you know, you want to defend your quarterback fine, but I hate, and we've talked about this before, hate when fan bases and players, just anyone, when, when you make excuses, if, if you lose, you lose. And I mean, there is some times where, you know, maybe the ref made a really bad call, like the fail Mary, but in most cases, even if there's bad calls, I mean, we talked about it with the Duke Wisconsin national championship. Right. I mean, Badger there, were bad with calls. Eight minutes. there there were bad calls, but I mean, we could have done things differently. Yep. So, I mean, you, you can't blame the refs. You can't make excuses. One of my biggest pet peeves is when, you know, fans make excuses. You lost, they yep. lost. So move on, but big, big time agree. All right, we are going to turn you over to the interview with Justin Felder. Uh, great conversation with him. Kind of got into the mind of a D2 athlete. Um, he is getting a little bit of NFL draft buzz, so we're hoping our boy Justin can can get to the NFL and we can see him on the screen and point and say, hey, we interviewed that guy. I heard uh, he's getting us um, tickets. He better. We were, we were his first <laughs> interview. I th- Well, I'm just throwing that out there. I think we're his first interview. Who knows? But – I'd like to think we are. 
So we're going to send you over to that interview now. All right. We are now welcoming on the show, Justin Felder. He's a running back from Stonehill. Welcome on to the show, Justin. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Starting it off, first question here. What would you say are some of the benefits or pros of playing football at the Division II level versus, you know, it's something you won't really see at like a Division I program? I mean, playing football at Division II, like everybody has like those aspirations of playing Division I football. So I feel like when you don't reach that goal that you have and you end up playing Division II or Division Three, it makes you like just take a step back and like really focus on like what football actually is. Like take away the politics, take away the, the big shows before the game, just like actually having to travel everywhere with your teammates. There's no flights, there's everything, there's a carpool or you're taking a travel into a game on a bus. Like it just forces you to actually take take in like some of that more, like I'll say like a family aspect and like actually like appreciate the things football can actually give to you and bring you and teach you in life. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I mean, at Division One, I, I feel like it's so easy for some athletes to get kind of caught up with all the, you know, media buzz and all of that where, you know, I mean, every athlete, I mean, they start, you know, at the level, you know, playing as a kid. So, I mean, to, you really got to remember kind of where your roots were and kind of how you started. So, yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, so, it's safe to say that sports are more than just a game. You can learn like many valuable things and life lessons from any sport, really. Talk about what you've learned throughout playing football and how it's helped you become a better person. Um, I feel like one of the, the biggest things I learned in football is never get too high, never get too low, because something could change in a matter of seconds. Like watching just last year, one of my teammates, um, Brian Kearns, like, he, he was getting NFL traction as well at the running back position. Second game of senior year, Regular tackle, one high, one low, tears the ACL. So then it's like, it's just like, he's riding high at that moment and like everything is just ripped away at that one moment. And that play will last you what, four, 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 four seconds? Just to take yeah. away everything else that he's been working on his whole life. You know what I mean? Like being able to watch that, it's like, it's just eye-opening. And then like being able to speak to him after, it's just like teaching you like, you know, it's like it was really like um, uh, a humbling situation just for like him and on the outside, like looking in like. So, I mean, football is just like you can't get too low on yourself either because then again, like I've seen teams down by 20 with two minutes left in the game and they come back and win. So, I mean, it's just like you can never get too high, never get too low. You just got to stay, stay calm, stay cool, collected. Now it sounds cliche, it sounds just a lot easier said than done, but I feel like that's one of the most valuable traits I've learned. Definitely, yeah. Uh, we've talked on our show a little bit, you know, about the mental side of sports and that being almost more important than the physical side of it. Um, can you talk about your process on what you do to help, you know, keep yourself have a good headspace during football? Um, I try to talk to my girlfriend a lot. She's very helpful. She's like, actually, I'm away from home. It's like my home away from home, like four hours away. So being able to speak to her when I can. Um, there's also just playing a game and just taking some time back away from football, like outside of football. Like some sometimes I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> 
some some Sundays I don't even watch it. Sometimes I usually just pick that one game that that eight o'clock game at night and just watch that game. It's like that's the prime time game. But it's just like football. I mean the 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 mental process is it's tough. It could very be very stressful at times. I definitely hundred percent with um like how heavy the workload is and dealing with class and trying to find time to eat and time to do whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know what you're doing it for. And like, you're only doing it because you want to do it. Like nobody's forcing you to do it. So it's just that love for the game. I mean, it's just, you just find a way to do it. I love it. Yeah. What do you do um, when you kind of get away from football? What's kind of your like hobbies or interests when you kind of try to, you know, relax and get your mind away from the, the game for a little bit? Um, I play the game a lot. Sometimes I watch, it's weird, but on YouTube, uh, BattleBots. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I watch, yep. I, watch, I watch that. I find myself watching that a lot, a lot more than, than not. And um, definitely uh, Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. I watch that. <laughs> oh, yep. My wife watches that a ton. Yep. <laughs> My girlfriend is pretty interesting. Yeah, I can't watch that because I get way too hungry. You see something and then you're like, oh, I can't make this at home. It's way too, uh, we've tried to recreate it. Yeah. It never looks like it does. <laughs> but great show. Um, so being a student athlete, it's a big time commitment. Talk about some of the sacrifices you had to make and um, about what sacrifices you found particularly the hardest when making the decision to pursue college football. Um, just... I would say time away from my family. I had, when I was coming out of high school, I had a niece and a nephew, probably they were three years old. They were four months apart, I believe. So I was watching them a lot, like from out of my junior year, senior year, high school. So I guess missing them like growing up, I feel like would be like the biggest sacrifice I feel like I've made. Cause I had, we have a, a strong connection like between me and them and like they were actually lived with me so I mean yeah that was probably like the hardest thing like going away from yeah yeah uh playing at a d2 school I imagine there is a bit of you know kind of extra motivation to prove the bigger schools who didn't offer you um is that a source of motivation for you or do you just kind of worry about controlling what you can control I mean, I'm just going to play my game at the end of the day. Like, whoever, like, yeah, it's like, it could be motivation at times. It's just knowing that I do have the extra year after this season. So I will be going through that process again. But it's like, at this point, we got, I got, I got four games that's guaranteed left, like right now. So that's really where my focus is. And I mean, no. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like that, that that's, that's motivation for me. Sure. I know. I totally get that's fair. Um, we all, I also find it interesting, um, you know, kind of getting the mindset of uh, why student athletes pick the majors they did. I noticed you were majoring in criminology. What kind of led yeah. you to that major? Um, my father was a retired NYPD officer. Oh, awesome. My godfather wow. is a sergeant in the NYPD. My sister's a detective in NYPD, and my other sister works school safety for the NYPD. So that's so it's in, in the blood yeah. a little bit, in the family background. Yep. Yep. 
All right. So there are a lot of kids that look up to college football stars. Um, They inspire to be just like you someday. What advice do you have for those young kids watching who want to pursue pursue a career in college football? Um, College football, it could be the best thing in your life or it could make you hate football and never (laughs) want to play. But and I feel like that decision, like part of that, however, that outcome comes is solely on the kid and the school that you choose and I say this because a lot of people go where they want to go but they don't go where they're wanted which was what my high school coach drilled in my head I wanted to go to Stony Brook I committed to Stony Brook but Stony Brook didn't really want me they gave me a preferred walk-on and he told me go to Stonehill they want you I'm like what the hell is Stonehill went to Stonehill now I've experienced it and I see exactly what he means Another person that I was going to Stony Brook with, he hasn't touched the field yet. And we were in the same the same uh, preferred walk-on visit. So, I mean, I feel like just go where you want it. It may be a tough decision like you made. It may be a D2, it may be a D3. But if they want you, like there's a reason why they want you. They're going to find a way for you to play, find a way for you to get on the field. Some of these other schools are just trying to find a way to fill their roster spots. You know what I mean? You just got to be able to fill that out and just really know like where you're wanted. Definitely. Yep. All right. We're going to wrap up here with some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? First thing that comes to your mind, right? All right. Let's go. Brad, you kick it off. All right. Yep. Kicking it off here. Favorite class that you are enrolled in this semester. Graphic design. Nice. I do love that. Uh, favorite artist to listen to before games. Sleepy Hollow. Ooh. Oh, not okay. expecting that. No. Um, what is one thing that you always do after having a good game? Pray. Okay. Last TV show you binged? Ooh, game of Thrones. If in a future movie, the movie's about you, who would you want to portray you in that role? Ooh. Mm. The tough yeah, question. It's a tough one. Every <laughs> uh, person that comes to mind is Kevin Hart. <laughs> I love. That. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, you can only have one flavor of chip the rest of your life. Which chip are you going with? Barbecue. Okay, that's acceptable. Yes. That's acceptable. <laughs> um, favorite dessert. Ooh, um, brownies. Yeah, yeah, brownies. All right, last one here. Any meaning behind wearing the number one? Um, I always felt like in my life, I was like doubted. I was always the the underdog. And it's like when I, it was kind of like putting a target on my own back in a sense, because when you see number one on a team, you always expect him like, oh, like he has to be good. He's wearing number one. <laughs> so yeah. that and being small. And it's like when I came in to college, when I first got here, I was the number seven running back. On a, on, a, on, a, on a depth chart and my my saying in my first year camp was it only takes one it only takes one one block one one play one anything it only takes one so then that's that was really why I changed my number one like just to remind myself it only, it only takes one Hank, I love that meaning keep rocking number one I love thank it you. Justin yep. thank you for joining the show uh, it's been a pleasure uh, good luck the rest of the way We'll be rooting you on. Thank you. Definitely, yeah. Thank you, Justin. Thank you.
Okay, we are going to wrap up now with student advisors. Uh, I'll kick us off because I want you to take mine. <laughs> Boom, flipped it on you. Love it. Uh, I'm going to go player first. I'm going to go Cam Rising, quarterback for my Utah Utes. I will be seeing him in two weeks. Uh, he's been putting in some work since he was named uh, the starting quarterback. I think it was a couple weeks ago that happened after Charlie Brewer left the team. Back-to-back Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. Um, I think the really interesting part of his game that I didn't realize he had was um, he, he's got a little bit of a Russell Wilson-like run effect to him. I'm not saying he is Russell Wilson. I'm saying his like rushing game is like that because – He's never looking to run, but when he knows he needs to get moving, he can get out of that pocket really well, get get some yards. I think this week he had like 60 yards rushing. I know he had a touchdown rushing too. So I thought that was kind of interesting, and he's, he can make plays with his feet, and I think that kind of gives Utah's offense a little more, you know, they're a little more dynamic with, with him running it. But they beat Arizona State. He looks pretty good. They also control their own destiny now. They're top of the – uh, Pac-12 South after beating Arizona State, but obviously I'm a little biased. It's fun having uh, Utah in the Pac-12 race, especially when I'm going to be there watching Definitely. some of the games. So there's my Cam Rising shout out. Let's go Utes, baby. Love it. Yeah, Spencer Rattler could probably learn a thing or two. From yeah, that. right. It's called decision making, man. <laughs> yep. All right. For my player, I'm going to go with Verone McKinley the third sophomore safety out of Oregon. Um, he's third on the team in both solo tackles and total tackles. Also tied for first in the country in interceptions. He's had four already um, this season. Look for him to have a big game against UCLA, um, a team that's second in the Pac-12 for offensive points per game right now. So, yeah, um, he's on my radar this week. Um, excited for that game. That should be a fun one to watch. All right, I will go with my game being Pitt versus Clemson. Um, if Pitt wins this game, I, it sounds crazy, dude. If Pitt Oof. wins this game, though, they have, like, a fairly easy path to the ACC championship game. They've only yes. lost one game, and it was to, it was to a, non, it was a non-conference, like, crap opponent, too, which is hilarious. And then they've, like, running through the ACC now. Um, obviously Clemson's offense has been putrid. So you're going to have to watch that part of it. They barely yes. squeak by Syracuse, which is, I would say below average. They're not, they're not like terrible gutter trash team, but they're definitely below average. They barely won by three. It was kind of Dino Baber's fault a little bit too, uh, that Syracuse loss. So I'm very interested to see if Pitt wins like people are going to have to keep ranking them higher, but it is the ACC and, they're not really playing anyone that great. Kenny Pickett still QB at Pitt is like seventh year, I think, <laughs> but he's got him on the right foot. Finally, like all these years, he's, he's kept them in an eight win, nine win kind of area. And now I think they're probably going to push him over and they might be 10 wins this year. Could get to a new year six, especially if they get past Clemson. So uh, I say everyone go watch Pitt just because you might have to watch them on new year's Eve. I was going to say, I'll tune in because of Pitt, but um, <laughs> I wanted to take a, a break off of watching Clemson after last week because it, it's just, it's hard to watch. That was right like now. deja vu because the last time that I'm pretty sure that was a Friday, wasn't it? It was a Friday night game where Syracuse beat Clemson at home. 
That was yeah, like three, right two, three, three years ago. I think that was, it was like a Friday night game. And this one was also Friday night and it was close at the end. It's like, there's something about the carrier dome and Clemson, man. Yeah. 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 I wish they could have got the W, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how this game goes, but yeah, I just Clemson, they've been very disappointing to say the least this year. So. Uh, all right, Mr. Um, Judgy, what game you got on your list? <laughs> I've got, so as I alluded to, Oklahoma State, they play Iowa State this week. It's crazy to think about. So, I mean, Iowa State, yeah, they do have home court advantage here, um, home field advantage, sorry. Are already thinking about basketball. Season. I love um, it. We're right around the block. <laughs> Little Birdie told me uh, next week we might be doing a basketball preview. Love I that. I don't know. I'll be at the Cole Center next Friday. I cannot believe yep. that. We Whitewater, too. That'll be I fun. know. It's complete pain that I'm not going to get to watch it. But yeah, I figure going well, to drive to see my girlfriend for the first time in three months and live there is probably outweighing that. I guess. Just a little. <laughs> just, a, just a smidge. Just a tad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, continue. So crazy part here when looking kind of at the spread. So, I mean, I think Iowa State's a good team, but they're seven-point favorites, seven-point favorites against the top 10 team. Um, so that really stood out to me. Um, while I don't know if I like, you know, the Cyclones covering, I do think they're going to probably pull off the upset. I, I'm leaning that way. Oklahoma State, they're undefeated. Um, you touched on, you know, they beat Texas last week. Last three wins have been against ranked opponents. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Iowa State, they're four and two, only losses being to Baylor and to Iowa. Um, last week, Iowa State, they had a 33-20 win on the road against Kansas State. And then, yeah, I mean, player to watch here, Brees Hall. We've talked about him before. He's a top 10 um, running back in the country in both rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. It will be interesting to see if Oklahoma State can contain him. And if they can, I mean, yeah, they'll keep their, you know, hopes alive to maybe make it to, you know, the Big 12 championship and possibly even the, the college football playoffs. So we'll see. I feel like you're uh, living in Vegas again when we went and watched Iowa State beat up on UNLV. That's just going to stick in your mind forever. It, it is. It is. <laughs> Reese Hall ran all over UNLV that day, so. He did. It's, yeah. It's a fair reason to think that they're going to do pretty well. Yes. I, I think Oklahoma state, n nothing to take away from the rebels, but I would say Oklahoma state has a slightly better defense. So Just yeah, barely. That, that'll be interesting. Did you see, I think I sent it to you on Instagram, the slot machine that, that UNLV has when they scored touchdown, which by the way, not often. So I was yes. like, this is kind of ironic that you guys are using this. Yes, definitely. <laughs> my gutter bowl, I picked, uh, let's see here. I, my gutter bowl, I went with UConn. Sorry to pile on. It's UConn versus uh, Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is two and four. Although UConn did pick up their first win this week or last week, they picked up their first win. It wasn't against an FBS opponent. So kind of a bit of an, a bit of an asterisk, but we got the gutter bowl. It'll be UConn versus Middle Tennessee. Hopefully UConn can notch win number two. We'll see, though. We will. You see, I was right last week with my toilet yes. bowl with um, Colorado. Yeah. They, they shut them out 34 <laughs> to 0. That was good to see. Oh, man. The Pac-12 is something else. It, it is. <laughs> All right. Everyone, enjoy your weekend of college football. Get 
just a little bit in the mindset of college basketball. Cause like I said, I think next week there might be some college basketball talk on the show. Uh, but until then, everyone enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you then. Peace.